Welcome to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. I'm so excited to have Christina Orso on the show today. She is a digital marketer and is actually local to Boston, although we've never met in real life, but I'm so happy to finally meet you and talk to you today. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely. So I want to start with, I want to hear a little bit about like what you actually do, like what your job is day to day, but also, and then I want to kind of back up and hear more about like your actual journey getting there. So start by telling us what you do, like who is Christina Orso Digital Marketer? Sure. So I market for restaurants and primarily food brands. I would say to sum it all up, uh, lifestyle brands, but I have a niche in food and beverage. And I, I think that's how I first came across you. I don't even remember. I don't remember how I, but I feel like I've been following you for a while. And it was mostly because like, I think we're kind of in like similar niche because I do restaurant PR. So I probably either saw you posting a lot about food or restaurants yep. or, or maybe as an influencer, because also Christina is kind of technically an influence. I mean, do you say that? Like you have thousands of followers on Instagram. So at this point, I don't like the term only because I do so much more than that and not to knock on an influencer because that is essentially how I got started. But I like to think that I've taken my experience as a quote unquote influencer and really learned how to apply it to a business. But I do occasionally still do some influencer collaborations, primarily with restaurants and food brands, whether it be just promoting their new product or service or some photography help. So I uh, met a lot of friends in the influencer world, pretty much starting from the blogging age when I started my blog back in the uh, early 2000s. And it's one of the greatest ways to be able to connect with people. And like I said, essentially how I learned how to start my business. Yeah, I think I think I, that might be how I had first seen you was like looking for people who were, have a lot of followers who post about like food in the Boston area mm-hmm. like for some of my clients maybe. But then, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think, I feel like we have a lot in common too. I don't know if that's a weird thing to say because yeah, we no. don't really know each other. <laughs> you post stuff all the time and I'm like, yes, me too. And I think for a long time, I didn't really say anything because I was like, oh, she's like got 20,000 followers or I have no idea how many, that might be totally off, but like (laughs) a ton and people are probably messaging her all the time and she doesn't have any idea who I am. And so I never say anything. Yeah. And that's the thing, like the coolest thing about social media is like, besides being able to promote your product or service as a business, just to be able to connect with people on a more emotional level. And I think that's why I really wanted to start it as a business because the connections that I've made. And it's not even to say, oh, I've made so many connections, but I've made so many friendships out of it. And those friendships have turned into business partnerships. They've turned into collaborations. They've turned into working with brands. And I can honestly say that some of the friends that I've made since starting my blog in 2009, I am still friends with them today. And when I moved to Boston, some of the influencers up in Boston that I already connected with having a blog down in Charleston... I came up here already with a set of friends. So it's really cool to be able to connect with people and you see a different side of their lives. I mean, some will say, oh, they're only promoting the good stuff, but not everyone is like that. I think that the most important thing on social media for me was always to be very authentic and very real and at times very embarrassing and sharing, you know, those life moments that some people wouldn't want to share. I put it all out there and I think that that helped me to find more true friends, uh, more 
um, long-term friends because we really, you dig into who you are as a person and what you like about other people, if that made sense. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and it makes people feel like they know you more. And then that's yeah. like even people like me who don't know you at all. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, it's just really the, same, yeah, same thing. And then when we start, like then I would sometimes, you know, respond to your stuff or whatever. And you're like, yes, me too. And then you'll yeah give stuff to me. So I'm like, yeah, we kind of know each other. So then when you, yeah, yep. I think, and I think that it kind of, well, do you think that it, has also helped you build your business because like, oh, absolutely. Clients see that too. And they're like, I like her. Yep, absolutely. So one of the restaurants I work with, uh, the reason why I got connected with them is because I had announced my business. And at the time, this restaurant was looking for a new person to take over their social media and the director of operations wife follows me. Hmm. So you know, it had been in conversation probably over dinner for them. And she probably said, Oh, I know a girl that just started doing business for, you know, social media for restaurants. Why don't you give her a call? And it was like, boom, boom, done Wow, uh, because of his wife following me. So I have to, you know, there are times you have to be careful about obviously what you put out there and how you present yourself. And when I say, you know, being authentic is so important to me, there's a fine line of being so authentic that, you know, you're also professional. But because you never know who's watching, but on a positive, I think you, you never know who's watching and how much that can turn into something. And so many, I mean, I could say like a handful of people that have followed me it has turned into either, like I said, a business partnership, a connection, a job referral. So I try really, really hard, not only to be authentic, but just to be kind to everyone. I try to respond to every single message, to every single comment. I mean, even like pouring through the messages as even as something as little as tapping the heart and liking that they said something to you is meaningful. If they ask a question, I do my very, very best to respond just because I think people deserve to be, you know, listened to. And I don't ever want anybody to think that I'm just like saw the message and didn't care because they are so important to me. Oh my gosh. And that's, I can only imagine. It's a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even, cause I have like the tiniest fraction of that following and hardly have people like (laughs) say stuff to me. And half the time I don't even ever get back to them. Yeah. But it's a lot of work. And I think people get that because even when they get a a slew of messages, sometimes they, you know, can, can be overwhelming and I'll, I mean, it sounds silly, but sometimes I'll answer them in batches. I'll, put something up one night. And then in the morning, I'm like, now I have time and waking up, I can respond yeah. to a bunch of people. And, you know, I want them to know that even if they're just commenting about something about my dog, or if it's that they read my blog post that every single, you know, that's important to me either way. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, and it seems to be working. I mean, you have a lot of followers and let's back up for a minute. So you, you had the blog obviously mm-hmm. a long time ago and yep. Yep. kind of built up a following there. And then how did you transfer that into like your business? Like then you were you, I imagine you were doing something else for work. Yeah. So the the transition was actually a really long journey. So I started my blog in 2009, really kind of kicked it in gear in 2010. And at the time, like blogging was just, it was huge. There was no Instagram blogging was the way for everybody to kind of like throw their thoughts on the internet, say whatever you want to say. And I, at the time was cooking a lot and exercising like crazy. I was really like into the food and fitness world, which was, you know, blogging at the time was all you had. Most people had a food blog or they had mm-hmm. a fitness blog or they had a mom blog, I had whatever. A blog. There's like so many different niches. So I was a food and fitness blog to begin with. It's called hungry meets healthy. It still exists on the internet. Oh my gosh. Well, um, I, up now. I don't update it, but there are posts all the way back from 2009. 
but it started out with a heavy focus on food and fitness, primarily because those were my two passions. And then it kind of morphed into a more of a lifestyle blog because I started realizing that people enjoyed the posts where I talked more about my life and not just like, here's a recipe you can make. Oh, I ran this 5k. It was like, here's how I really feel about something, whatever's going on in life and starting making recommendations and it morphed into so much bigger of a blog. And then, so because it was primarily focused on my time in Charleston, I won the Charleston city paper best blogger award three years in a row. Oh my God. Which Now I'm by nature, I'm somewhat confident, but winning something like that really helps me like wake up and be like, Oh, I'm doing something really well. Oh, I have something going here. So I really, after I won the first award, I was like, I am going to like make this awesome. Put so much more effort into it, you know, started going out to more restaurants. I was starting to get invited to restaurants to come take pictures, share their food, share about openings, share about events, whatever. And I thought it was cool at the time, like, oh, I'm getting invited to places. Oh, I get free food. Oh, I'm getting tickets. Like, you know, early 20s, that's like, that's your life. That's so exciting. You get to like go out and do stuff and not spend all your money. Yeah. And then all I had to do, in my opinion, it was like, all I have to do is write about it. And not to downplay it, I was writing five days a week, all the time. I was getting so many emails, so many comments, and I loved, loved, loved connecting with people. I mean, that I can say more than the aspect of writing. I loved meeting people and just connecting with them on another level, whether it be on the internet or people I met in restaurants. And I did that for almost 10 years, but I was doing this all while having a full-time job. Because I was just going to say, was that your full No, it never was my full-time job. I know some people do get to that point, you know, with affiliate links and advertising, you can, and a lot of sponsored posts, but that's more popular now. When I started, it wasn't, it was way more difficult to make an income off of a blog. And like I said, I just thought it was like a fun hobby. I just like writing. I like sharing about the food I'm eating. I didn't think very business-minded like until much later. So I was working for a software company in Charleston. And one of the ways that I started realizing that I had, a, you know, writing was a skill of mine is because I was doing technical writing, which is the exact opposite of what I do now. Now I do creative writing, but I was doing technical writing and, you know, my superiors saw something in me and they started giving me different tasks like, Oh, would you be interested in writing our, you know, our monthly newsletter? Oh, would you be interested in putting this presentation together? And I was always the first person, like not just in school, but like at work to raise my hand to do things like that. Oh yes. I want to help because I must've known deep down that I was better at the creative side than obviously the technical side, but I would say yes to everything. And even though a lot of my um, past jobs were, have nothing to do with what I'm doing now, um, in fact, I, my degree is in Spanish and I was a translator in the beginning. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I was completely different. had a degree in writing or something. Yeah. But still all on that, you know, writing spectrum. And so eventually I moved up here and I started working for a food brand in a sales and marketing role. And I did that for a year. And then what really got things going was when I was hired at Boston Burger Company, which is a restaurant group here. And I got hired as a, in the sales position. They have a food product. It's a salt, a jarred salsa in all the grocery stores here. And they hired me to do the sales for it. And while I was in that job, I, or when I was first starting, I should say, when I was first starting at Boston Burger Company, 
I noticed that they didn't have anyone doing their social media. If they had someone in the restaurant probably posting like once a week or here and there when she had a shift. And I said to my boss at the time, no one's really doing your social media. And I, you know, I had had my blog for years. I was doing my own social media. I had a following myself and I also had started social media for a chocolate company, which, you know, was kind of a side hustle and they knew about that. But I basically presented to them like, you know, you guys, first of all, as a restaurant, you should be posting a lot more than once a week. You should, you know, have a plan, you should have a strategy, you should be, you know, getting better photography and not just putting, you know, these, the, the, the quality wasn't great. Yeah. So I basically said to him, like, can I take it over? Because I can promise you I can make it a lot better. And I don't want to, you know, take it away from anyone, but maybe I can collaborate with her and give her some ideas. And, you know, long story short, I started doing that for them. And I would say, I think it was about six months into working with them. My former boss started to pick up on, okay, maybe sales is not for her, but marketing clearly Mm -hmm. is. And he is also very, very, he has a lot of marketing ideas himself. So he would always come to me, well, what if we did this? Or what if we improved our website? Or what if we started writing more blogs? Or what if we started doing more videos? And like I said, always being someone to be like, yes, 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 I'll help with that. Mm -hmm. But also combining what I had learned with my blog and saying to him, oh, I already know how to do that. Oh yeah, we set up an email list. Oh yeah, cool. Oh, go do photos for, yeah, oh sure. So we took the talents that I already had, but didn't know how to use at a job or because I hadn't really gotten there. No one had hired me in a marketing level. Right. And basically he came to me one day and was like, listen, sales is not your thing. <laughs> He's like, we can hire someone who is, you know, has a background in sales and get that thing going. He goes, you don't want to be doing this. I can tell. And he you goes, you're also every day. You can don't want it. Exactly. He's like, you can, if you want, but he's like, your strengths are somewhere else. And you know that. And I was like, I mean, in my head, it was like, well, no one's ever offered me a position in marketing. So yes, I'll take it. So we essentially sat down just the two of us and created my position. They did not have someone in marketing full-time ever. They started in 2009 and this was in 2015 that I started with them. So six years into having three restaurants, no one was going to say they have multiple locations, right? They did. Yeah. They have four now. Yep. Yeah. So it basically, we put together this position as, you know, a marketing director position. I chose my own title. We fine tuned exactly what my, what my role would be and what I'd be in charge of. And, you know, if I needed to hire more, et cetera. And I was with them for three and a half years. All the while, my blog kind of came to a halt when I moved up here, because like I said, my priorities changed where now that I was in a marketing role, my passions were fulfilled at work which is an awesome thing to say, but the blog kind of went to the wayside. I felt like I kind of had outgrown it too. And like I said, working with the restaurant group, I was doing what I had always wanted to do, but didn't even realize what it was at the time or before I was doing it rather. So I worked really hard with them for three and a half years. We even hired a marketing assistant. The brand grew a lot. And eventually I got to the point, not that I was sick of working for them. I, I still love them and they're still a client of mine. But it got to the point where my boss, who's now my mentor and one of my best friends, came to me probably two years before I started my business and was like, listen, you could be doing this. He's like, you work for us full time. You have a side hustle. I had another um, food brand as a project at the time. He's like, you already have a side hustle, but you could be combining these, taking on a bunch of clients just like us, just like what you're doing for us and turning into a full-time gig. And I thought, 
like the worst things. Well, how, how am I supposed to get all these clients? Who's going to want to work with me? I've only been working with you guys in a marketing role for two years. Everything was like, I don't even want to say I was like negative about it, but I just wasn't seeing the bigger picture and I wasn't seeing how great it could actually be if I just like did it. You didn't see that it was even possible. Like you, yeah. Possible. Yeah. And so like to a fault, as I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, I think I've had mentors in my life who saw bigger in me than I was ready to see. And he was one of them that was always like, oh my gosh, you can be doing so much more. You're like, there's so many cool things you could be doing. There's the world is your oyster. The opportunities are endless, but I would get stuck on things like, how am I going to get clients? What if I can't find clients? How am I not going to get a paycheck every two weeks? And his response was always like, you're worried about getting a paycheck every two weeks when you're going to be getting loads of checks every month. He's like, you need to you know, forget about that. Then the next one, well, what about health insurance? Or what about taxes? Those are all the things I constantly hear about people like not, you know, the reasons why you should not start a business or why yeah. they're not ready. That's and it makes me so them- hard and complicated. So complicated. And I mean, it is a lot to learn and a lot to figure out, but I mean, there are, those are no reasons to stop you. Right. And so probably a year of him warming up to like, listen, we don't wow. want you to go to Burger Company, but we really, like, I really think that you should do this. Like, just trust me. I'll help you along the way. So March of 2000. like such an amazing, like, boss and manager. And yeah, like, yeah. That, that's so great to have had somebody who would kind of push you into doing that and, like, help you yes. feel better about it all and, like, discover what you could even do. That And it's so true because, and I think that's really what I needed at the time to really like kick my butt and having been an entrepreneur himself, you know, multiple businesses, I think those hurdles or what I saw as hurdles, he's already jumped over them many times and was like, listen, take my hand. Like, I'm going to show you how to do it. It's not that scary. Yeah. So you figure it out. Yeah. And you figure it out along the way. And so March of 2018, I kind of like declared with him, all right, I'm going to do this. And he was like, Boston Burger Company will still be your client. We'll set something up. So, you know, it's as you transition out, well, you know, you can take it slow as you build a client base. And so I, sorry, that's my my dog dropped a measuring cup. Um, (laughs) Like, how does he have that? So March, 2018, I say, you know what? I'm doing this. I'm going to do this. And knowing that BBC was kind of like a cushion for me, I had saved up a bunch of money to just, you know, be careful, do it wisely and really kind of like mapped out how many clients do I need? How much income do I need every month? What's the bare minimum amount of income I need coming in? You know, what's my goal income to come in, et cetera. And besides having Boston Burger Company as like my cushion first client, the second best thing that I did was sign up for Upwork which is essentially a freelancer site for, I mean, you literally can get any job on there. But I started, when I say hustling, I am not joking. I was looking for for gigs like every single day, all day, as if I was looking for a full-time job. And I started picking up projects here and there. A lot of them are short-term writing ones or blogging, um, some photography ones. But then eventually I started finding long-term ones. And Mm -hmm. So it was March that I started doing that. And then by May, I said to him, it's happening. I'm going to have to quit my full-time job by June. And I didn't think it was going to happen in like a two and a half month period. I thought, oh, by the end of summer, I'll leave BBC in a full-time role. I'll have accumulated enough income and client work, whatever. 
in six months. Well, it was like two and a half. Wow. So yeah, which was awesome. But I, I mean, I worked really hard and like I said, was searching, connecting, you know, putting myself out there that I'm doing this. So June of 2018 is when I officially had left my full-time job and had built enough, built up enough clients to just kind of run with it. And then the summer, I would say probably the first six months of being off on my own, it was a lot of ups and downs where there was a lot of client changes or project changes because I was doing a lot of short-term ones. Yeah. And then by the fall, I, in winter of last year, I had pretty much all long-term ongoing contracts in which is where I am now. Wow. That's, that's a, that's a lot in like only base kind of like a year that you've yeah. kind of grown it to something that's steady. Like, yeah, more steady. yeah. Like, I guess it's never like, it never feels as steady and secure as like probably what the full-time job felt like. Cause there's always ups and downs when you're doing it on your own yep. and have clients that can stop and start at any time, but to feel like to have long-term contracts that basically sustain your business is huge. And that sounds like you kind of did it really fast. Yeah. It looking back, it was really fast. And I, I kind of wonder, Oh my gosh, how did I do that? But I know how I did it. I mean, I put a lot of effort into it. I never stopped. I, I mean, I focus really hard on what I want to get done. And I've always kind of been the person where if I have an idea, once I'm comfortable and ready with the idea, I make my mission, make it my mission to succeed. And by announcing to the world on Instagram that I had started a business, that is kind of my way of being like, there's no way you're going to fail now. I mean, I would not let myself do that. So sometimes just kind of like going, and that's where, again, where we can go back to social media. Sometimes in my past, I have if I put something out there, I commit to it and like with all my energy, but yeah, it's, it's been great. The past year has been so fun in the beginning. There were a lot more ups and downs and now it's obviously much more stable, but it's been a journey of kind of figuring out, you know, time management, money, dealing with clients, getting everything done. I finally just hired someone part-time. So it's a lot of like things going on, but you just kind of have to figure them out along the way. Yeah. No. And I, I feel like I want to ask you more about every single thing you just said. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Like, well, I guess, so I'm curious. So like if you had, and only don't feel like you have to share anything that you don't want to, but like when you basically shifted Boston Burger Company into being a client, like, did you kind of, if you, were you kind of like, I'm still going to be doing pretty much all the same stuff for you. You should basically be paying me like a, this similar amount per month. Or did they try to say like, since we're just going to be one of your clients, like now we're, yeah, no, this is how much we'd pay you per month or something like that. Yeah. So what we did, um, we kind of sat down again and we said, all right, I literally made a list on Google docs of here's everything that I'm doing for you guys. And I put like a tick mark on all the things I wanted to still be doing. Mm-hmm. And I put like another mark on what they really need me to be doing at the very bare minimum. So I kind of always tell people that I condensed my role with them and we dished off certain things that either I probably shouldn't have been doing in the first place, but, or, you know, that could, could have been done by the managers or, you know, we looked at everything that I was doing and I kind of decided, here's what I really want to keep doing for you guys. Here are the things that you really need me to keep doing for you guys. And here are the things that I think you can dish off to other team members. So luckily we saw eye to eye on most of that and essentially cut my role or condensed my role into 
basically what they needed as far as digital marketing. So I do have a very big role with them or a big project with them. It is primarily, obviously, all their social media, all their photography, um, their email marketing, and I do some creative work with them in the sense of like their posters, flyers, business cards, random projects like that. So it is similar. It's obviously very similar to what I was doing, just not as much. Yeah. And then do you feel like that gave you a good sense? Because it seems like they were so supportive in so many ways. Like, like I'll be totally honest. When I first started my business, like I took clients that were hardly paying me anything. Like I was basically trying to convince people that they should pay me something. And (laughs) it took, so I think that's probably why it took a a long time for me to build my business up to probably what you've built yours into in like one year or a year and a half, Mm -hmm. because I started out with so many super tiny clients and like it took a while to break that threshold, but I wonder if you had that kind of support and like that experience with like a great big kind of biggish well-known brand in the area that then you kind of had that yeah, confidence to be like, this is what I charge for this type of work to Mm -hmm. when you went to other brands. A hundred percent. So, I mean, pricing is obviously one of the, like still one of the most difficult things. Like I get so nervous about, you know, pitching to clients, you know, rates and it's a sometimes uncomfortable, you know, conversation for both parties. But I think it's a combination of, you know, knowing what I was charging for Boston Burger Company. Also really, really important was knowing what I was getting for my other previous side hustles. So back when I was full-time for Boston Burger Company, I was working with an agency here. They had a chocolate company that they needed social media support with. They just didn't have enough staff to help with it. So they put this job on Craigslist and I found it on there and I knew my contract rate with them. So being that they were an agency and they were paying me X amount to do X amount of things for this food brand, I had a really good idea of what social media's value was for certain brands. So I kind of had in the back of my head two previous side hustles, both with food products. I also had, you know, my numbers with Boston Burger Company, what I was doing for them. And then I kind of, you know, over the next six months put together, or at least in my mind, package ideas of what everything was worth, but not only that, the time that it would take me to do certain things. So, you know, again, it's, it's really weird in the beginning. It's really hard to equate each project to either a number value, a monetary value or a time spent value to you, but you get better at knowing, you get better at knowing how much something is worth to you, if that makes sense. So, yeah. So when I started pitching to clients, Yes, it was a little weird, but I got really lucky with my first couple. And like you said, I think having Boston Burger Company behind me, they're well known. I think that was an easier, I don't want to say an easier in for me by any means, but it was definitely like helped boost my confidence as far as how much to. Yeah, it probably gave you a certain amount of, it gave you a certain amount of clout to them probably. So like, well, if Boston Burger Company, you know, is paying, you know, has her doing this stuff and knows it's worth this, then like that makes sense. And then also you knew like, if these people are paying me this much for this, then other people will too. Yep. And then I also had to keep in mind too, anyone that's working in the restaurant industry knows that a single unit restaurant is not going to have the same budget as a multi-unit restaurant. So mm-hmm. being that Boston Burger Company had three restaurants behind them already, they essentially were paying me individ- taking a cut from each restaurant to afford me, right? Oh. So 
going forward with a restaurant that only has two units, you have to kind of think maybe they can't afford what Boston Burger Company can, or, you know, it's just kind of something to think about that in the restaurant industry, typically marketing budget is not like their highest priority. So not only do you have to keep that in mind, but you also have to convince them why now in the era that we're in digital marketing is crucial for them to kind of think a little bit differently. Yeah. So so you kind of filled up your time pretty quickly. It sounds like, like you got busy really yeah. fast. So how did you figure out? And, and when you were at Preston Burger, I mean, you were, you were in like an office or like in the yep. locations day to day. So then obviously you shifted to not working out of there. So what does that look like in terms of just like organizing your time and your day and like how you're working? So my typical day to day, I am home for the most part. I have a home office, which is awesome. Um, I do go to the restaurants as needed to get content, do photography, have meetings. But I, I say that I work really long hours, and I do. I work a lot, but I love everything I'm doing, so I don't ever feel like, oh my god, I'm working so much. There are times where I'll have like, you know, a couple times a year, I'll be like, oh my god, I'm so overwhelmed, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna lose my mind. But then the next day, I'm like, you are so lucky to be able to say that you're so busy as a new business owner, as an entrepreneur how dare you complain? Like I have what I need right now and more and I'm succeeding. I shouldn't, I should be complaining about being too busy or exhausted. Like just, just go with it. And to a fault, I can never say no to anything. Like I said, so, um, I just keep going and going, but (laughs) the first hour of my day is really intense. I make sure I get as much stuff as possible done. And then it's weird. Usually around 10 30, 11, I've done so much that I'm like, whoa, I need to take a little break. And that's where, you know, I'll take my dog to the park. I'll do some personal things. I'll run errands, which just so happens to be like the time of day when the traffic has died down and not many people are out and about. Yeah. Um, but I definitely am someone that works in waves. I will start my day at a clock and then I'll take a break around 10 and then go back at it while, you know, sometimes while eating lunch, I'll take another break early afternoon and then always working a little bit after dinner. So a lot of highs and lows. I feel like that's kind of how my energy is where if I give myself those breaks and not just a 15 minute break, like, you know, a 45 hour break, I feel that when I sit back down at my computer, I am just so much more ready than if I just churned out five, six hours sitting in one spot. I can't do that. Hmm. That's great to be able to recognize that and to be able to work to to suit that. And you're probably so much more efficient than if you tried to just be like, I need to sit down from whatever, eight to four, nine to five and do this. Yeah. Like it's helpful. And it's great to have been able to figure that out. I think so quickly. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of times, like we kind of feel like we have to force ourselves to do whatever seems like it we should be doing or makes sense. For sure. And I think that's so important as an entrepreneur is to kind of recognize when you're good at working. I know that sounds really basic, but I've always known since I was a little kid that I was a night owl and I would not call myself a night owl now, but I do have an extra burst of energy like right after dinner time. It doesn't last long, but I can very clearly recognize in the morning, I've got a bunch of energy. I'm ready to go. And then I hit these, I don't want to call them little slumps, but I know that I probably would have a slump if I didn't take that break. So knowing when I probably have those ups and downs and just kind of like making those my times to sit down. Um, and again, allowing myself to have those breaks. It's, it's so much more effective than just sitting for a set amount of hours or even just saying, I'm going to sit from nine to 10, nine to 10. I can't do that. 
Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit down when I feel ready to work and I'm going to turn a bunch of stuff out and then take a break when I feel like I'm starting to like, just say if I was writing, Ooh, I'm, you know, starting to kind of lose the words or I'm starting to not, um, my word recall is not so great right now. Not like it usually is. I will kind of just say, all right, I'm going to step away and take a look at it later. Yeah. And that's great to have that flexibility. And as long as you know, you're going to get it all done. <laughs> like, it's yeah, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that you're getting everything that you need done. So you're not going to like stress out about, oh, I need to be getting in like this five hour chunk before the end of today or something like that. Right. Do you do anything to like keep track of like the client work to be like, okay, on, you know, this week I need to spend this many hours on this client and this client, or like make sure that like each day you're getting a certain amount done for each client. Or do you kind of just like keep all that really in the flow too? It's kind of in the flow. It's a lot of it's in the back of my mind. Um, There are some projects that are more specific that I really do need to track my time, but I did in the beginning for most of my projects because I wanted kind of the clarification, how much time are each of these projects taking me? Am I giving, you know, a fair amount to each project? Because I really wanted to make sure that as you take on more projects, are you giving each client what they deserve? I would never want to take on a client that I didn't think that I could give hundred percent to. Mm-hmm. And I also don't want one of my previous clients like Boston Burger Company. I constantly thinking about them as I take on new projects. I would never want it to be that I'm not putting in the same amount of effort for them that I always was just because I took on more or I took on too many. So that is where, yeah, it kind of comes in where I'm working all the time at times if I have a lot going on, but I make it work whether I'm hiring someone else on Upwork or like I said, now hiring somebody else to help part-time, you just kind of have to figure it out. How did you find the person that you just hired for part-time? So believe it or not, I had put job postings up on like all the usuals, um, indeed, um, LinkedIn. I put it on my Instagram. (laughs) I actually found her on Craigslist. I had found both of my first two side hustles on Craigslist. I found my job for Boston Burger Company on Craigslist. So it has like a little soft spot for me. You would not think that you're going to find your best jobs on Craigslist, but I have found my best roommates, my best jobs, and I'm and now my first employee. I found good stuff on Craigslist too, but I didn't, I feel like I thought it had been kind of falling down lately. Yeah. So even I haven't even posted there like for my recent internships or anything, but um, that's interesting to say that. I've definitely found clients there in the past too. People yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Part-time like PR marketing and I got some of my first clients that way too, but I oh. haven't, I didn't, I didn't know that it still was for some reason. Yeah. I don't think younger generations are using this much as I think that's are, but yeah, even for like, um, like finding apartments and stuff like that used to be the place for housing. Oh, for sure. When I used to look, but yeah, I that's how I find my apartment too. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought now because like the younger generation is <laughs> yeah. anymore that maybe it wasn't, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. It was kind of one of those things where I was like, well, I'm just going to put an ad up here too, because why not? And right, why yeah, not? tons of applicants there too. Yeah. Wow. And it's a really fun job. I mean, that's the thing, you know, when I was interviewing people, I was like, you're going to have so much fun. I can guarantee you that. So, yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be hard to find. Well, I'm sure a lot of people want the job. It's just a question of who's going to, yeah, or, you know, who's going to work with you the best in order to make sure that it's actually helpful to you. And for sure. What you want for sure. Oh, well, that's exciting. So she's starting soon. Where yeah. she already started? Uh, starts next week. Awesome. Cool. So what do you think has been like, like, what's the hardest part of like what you've 
done so far or like in the day to day? Like what is the hardest part of what you do? Um, I don't know. Or just of having your own business, like anything like that. Like in the beginning, it was the hardest part was definitely balancing it all and overcoming my worries about those silly things and just figuring out all the basics. So things like my health insurance that I was so frazzled about, like, oh my gosh, it's a matter of going online and just choosing a plan. It's not a big deal. Um, coming really time to, right? <laughs> what'd you say? But it's really expensive. It's right? so expensive. It is so expensive. Yes. Um, and then like learning about all, you know, learning about doing taxes, like, you know, what can be qualified as a write-off, which, how do I track everything, you know, opening up two more bank accounts, getting, you know, business credit cards, all of those things along the way, I kind of did my best. Don't let this overwhelm you. It's just something you need to figure out in the beginning. And then once you have it figured out, you're good. Like now I have a business credit card. I don't ever have to think about that again. I know what to do. And sometimes taking the first step isn't as hard as you think it is, but it's like thinking about the whole thing as like a thing seems really hard and complicated. But when you're like, Oh wait, I just have to like go on the website and like click on which one I want and like, see what the application process is. Okay. I could do that. And then it's like, actually each step just follows. Right. And, and that's the thing too. Like I was so overwhelmed with the big picture idea that I couldn't even see the little steps along the way. And then all of a sudden I, I honestly, I don't even know, but there was like a day I just woke up and I was like, just okay, what do you need to do? Like list it all out. Okay. You need to get a business license. You need to get your EIN. You need to sign up for a business bank account. You need to get a business credit card. You need to name your business. I just made like a mental checklist of the things I needed to do to start my business. And obviously like I read a million blogs about what to do. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, having a mentor is just crucial. Everyone starting a business needs to have a mentor and not to be rude, but it can't be your mom or your sister. It needs to be someone who has done this before and has also succeeded. Someone that can answer all the questions that you're going to have and be there for you and just help you along the way. Um, whether it be when you're overwhelmed and stressed or with, you know, a, a simple question like, is this a tax write-off? Having a mentor is just, I mean, like you have to do it. Yours, it sounds like was the, your old boss, but yeah. any other tips for how people would find somebody like that? If they're like, I don't know anyone else in business, like where do I even live? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, younger people starting out of business. I mean, maybe it's a professor that you've had and not to say that it can't be a family member. It certainly can. I mean, before my old boss, my grandfather was my biggest mentor. He was a businessman and he would encourage me all the time to just get going, just do this. He would see so much bigger in me too. So kind of looking at who you admire and, and, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be someone who has also started a business, but someone who is focused on their career. They are enjoying what they are doing. They, or even if they have a hobby that they really love that they've taken off, just find someone who you view as successful or that you admire. And, you know, maybe they can't answer every single question, but have someone as your go-to to to even just pick up the phone and be like, like I said, I'm stressed today. Talk me down, (laughs) you know, bring me back to planet earth and that I'm not going crazy and just, you know, yeah. I think it is. I mean, it just, just to not be totally alone. If you don't yeah, definitely. Business or anyone else who's done what you're doing. Yep. Yeah. So 
what do you see for, I know you said you just hired someone part-time, but what do you see for like the next year or like, what do you, do you have plans or ideas of, of things that are going to change things you want to continue with anything that you see for the business or what you want to do later on? So long-term goals would be definitely to take on more clients in different industries. Right now I focus primarily on food and beverage and restaurants and food brands, but I also have experience with some fitness brands as well. So that's an idea. I think I would love to do a course on teaching people just like me to how how to start their business and not just any business, but obviously a business in digital marketing or social media as a niche I would love to be able to teach people the steps that I took along the way of, you know, from the very basics of getting your business license and opening up your bank accounts, all these little things that I kind of had to make that mental checklist of what I need to do to start my business before it even starts. I would love to be able to, to tell people, to share people what, what I learned along the way, my experiences and the mistakes that I made, the things that I learned all the questions that I had kind of just package it up together. And whether it be a PDF or a full out course, I'm not sure yet, but I would love to be able to give back to people and say, it's not as scary as I thought it was. Here's why. Yeah, no, I think that sounds great. I think, yeah, share all the things that we just talked about that were like the things that were making you be like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I should do business. This seems hard. And you can just be like, you know what? It's not that hard. Or at least as you said, it's not hard enough that it should stop you from doing what you want to do. And here's how you can make it easier. And here's what to do. I have also considered, you know, even coaching or consulting with people like me who want to start their own business, because knowing all the, those, what I would now call silly fears that I had being able to say to someone like, look at me, I was scared too. I was petrified of leaving my full-time job for the silliest of reasons. And just letting them know that it can be, you can be so much bigger and better and to, to not even let that scare you, just do it, just do it and figure it out along the way. And I also too would love to be able to mentor someone. I mean, I can't say enough thank yous to my mentor now. And I would, I would love to be able to pass that on to somebody else. I was just going to say, it sounds like you basically want to have a course that that makes you be the mentor to all the people who may not have that. So yeah. Well, I hope you do it. It sounds like a, a big project, but <laughs> I know, I know. And, and that's like one of those things with growing too, is knowing, as you know, knowing how much you can actually do on your own and defining what out of everything that you do, what can be passed on to somebody else, what you can give up control of, which is really, really hard. You yeah. know, I've done everything on my own thus far and being able to take a chunk of tasks and basically handing them to, over to somebody else and having that trust that they're going to do it as well. And hopefully better than you is something kind of intimidating. But I think in order to really grow, you have to be able to dish off some of your work to somebody else because otherwise you're just going to be, you know, stagnant. Yeah. You can only do how much you can do by yourself. And I think that's again, <laughs> good for you for figuring that out and being able to like do that so quickly because I was doing it on my own for like six years before I ever had anybody help me. And I think that was not good because that was a really long time to be used to doing everything the way, the way that I do it and the way that and at least a lot of pressure earlier on, it seems like it could be like, you guys can grow into it together and like build the business a little bit more together. And yeah, it would free you up to do other things or, you know, 
uh, yeah, other types of projects that still relate to the business, but maybe are less of the client work or right. There's a little bit to something else, a little, you know, even if it's just different types of clients or things like that. Exactly. And I think like the other half of really wanting to hire someone is, you know, not just being like, all right, here's the stuff I don't want to do. Now you do it. Not even that. It's like, I want to be able to sit with someone and brainstorm with someone and collaborate with someone because I can only have so many ideas on my own. But sometimes when you're sitting across the table from someone who also is creative, you can say, what do you think about this? And I mean, this is a very silly example, but I can't tell you how many times I leave a photo shoot and I take the images off my camera card and I'm like, oh my God, where do I begin with? Like, I'm looking at 10 pictures of the same dish. How do I choose which one is the best? Sometimes it's like A or B. A or B. And I'm sending to a friend, like, which one do you like better? Which lighting looks better? Having someone sitting next to me and being like, look at these two pictures. Which one do you like? Them immediately choosing is like that confirmation. Yeah, I thought that one was the better one too. So like that collaborative effort going into something like super creative is so helpful. That's exactly what I said when I I was like, that's exactly why I finally hired somebody. It's like, yeah, just having that brainstorm, having two brains. Yeah. Yep. Rather than just one when thinking about like, okay, what new creative things could we do for a client? Like how can we position this thing differently or pitch this story or like like pitch something that I wouldn't have maybe thought of by myself just by talking it through together or for sure. So I do agree. And I think that's so, so helpful. Yeah. I'm excited. Good. Um, so I think, so, well, is there anything else that you wanted to tell people about or share before I cut you off? <laughs> I don't think so. No. Um, so I, well, I always ask what is one thing that you wish you had known more about when you first began? Do you have anything that comes to mind as like the thing? Yeah. I wish that I had just known. I mean, obviously we don't get to see the future, but I wish I had known that it was going to work out and it was going to be great. Um, all the little fears that I had were just, like I said, now they're, they're silly. They were silly. They were all things that I was fully capable of doing and making awesome. And, you know, just getting to the point where I am now so quickly is just, I'm really thankful, but I would definitely tell people like, don't let those fears stop you from doing something. I mean, you'll just, you're going to figure it out along the way. You, you will, if you really want to do something, you will figure it out. Yes. That's so good. And is there any, one other thing that you'd want to share with other entrepreneurs who are listening right now or anybody who is just starting their journey or, or in the same place as you that you'd want to share? Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say just do it, just jump, just do it. Uh, don't worry about things being perfect. You can improvise along the way. You can, you know, change everything. Nothing is set in stone. You know, even your business name, your logo, your, your clientele, your, your niche, your industry, what you're, you know, focusing on all of that can change. I mean, you're better off just taking the leap and figuring it out than wondering for the next five years, should I start a business? Should I have done it? Because obviously you know, not to be too cliche, but you don't want to live with any regrets. You don't want to look back one day and think I should have started a business doing XXX. Like I could say, even when I started my blog, Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. But instead I look now when I did it, it was right for me. And you know, I, I was ready to take that jump and you just got to do it. You just really like do it. (laughs) 
sometimes even doing the wrong thing is like the thing that you needed to do in order to see what the right thing was or in order to then take the next step that would help you get to what you really want to be doing or what you really should be doing, but you wouldn't have never noticed or never figure it out if you hadn't just done the other thing first. Right. It's so important to, we forget, or we don't even realize that like every business pivots and changes mm-hmm. and nothing is the same way that it was when it first started out. No successful business is exactly the same as it when it started out, but we, we can get so caught up in like trying to plan how everything should be before we get started. And well, I've never had that problem. I'm definitely much more about just just try something and don't think about it too much. But I know that's definitely something that like entrepreneurs get stuck with a lot. Getting started is like needing to feel like everything is going to be perfect before you start, but that's just never going to be the case. So I love that you said that. Yeah. Yeah. And I can already see, I mean, I mean, I've focused on pretty much the same stuff in the past uh, since I started, but I already feel pivots happening, you know, less of a focus on social media and more of a focus on writing, which is, you know, kind of where I wanted the direction I wanted to head into. I just took on a project with Dining Playbook to be a writer for their website. And so, you know, there's a lot of excitement of not just doing the same project that I'm doing with every restaurant. This is very, very, very different and very exciting too. Yeah. Congratulations on that. That looks awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, tell people where they can find you online, how they can connect, maybe where they can read the new pieces that you're going to be putting out. Sure. Yeah. My website is christinaorso.com and uh, keep it real simple. My Instagram is just at Christina Orso along with Facebook and Twitter. And uh, the upcoming articles that I'll be writing will all be on diningplaybook.com. Cool. Thank you so much for coming on today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the Female Millennial Entrepreneur Podcast so you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes with your favorite takeaway from this episode. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and other links are always in the show notes and we're always happy to hear from you with thoughts, ideas, or even suggestions of someone you'd love to hear me talk to on the show. You can also submit guests online at polinapr.com slash podcast. Lastly, please drop a comment on the post for this episode on the podcast Instagram at Female Millennial Entrepreneurs to let me know you listened. Tune in next time.